I used to let the mic smoke. Now I slam it when I'm done and make sure it's broke. When I'm gone, no one gets on. Cause I won't let nobody press up and mess up the scene I set. I like to stand in a crowd and watch the people wonder. Damn, but think about it, then you understand. I'm just an addict addicted to music. Maybe it's a habit. I gotta use it. Even if it's jazz or the quiet storm. I hook a beat up, convert it into hip-hop form. Write a rhyme and graffiti in every show you see me in. Deep concentration, cause I'm no comedian. Jokers are wild if you wanna be tame. I treat you like a child and you're gonna be named. Another enemy, not even a friend of me. Cause you'll get fried in the end when you pretend to be competing. Cause I- Welcome to the Depth Chart Podcast. Again, brought to you another year, a new year, by Jack Kane Ford. Ooh, yeah. Jack Kane Ford. Clap, dog. Clap. We also have a special guest in our studio. My nephew, Dalton Green, is in here. How you doing, Dalton? I'm doing good. <laughs> so, Dalton got to tour the uh, Joe Craft Football Training Center. Oh, Mark Stoops invited nice. him when he was at the hospital, and he got Wait, to. Are we sure that this isn't uh, a legal recruiting visit? No, he's class just, of twenty. He, he's eleven. 20, he, he's below that. Uh, below the umbrella of uh, violation there, so he's okay. I'm sure. Uh, I hope. hope Look, you got him worried over there, Jack. Look at that, Jack. Isn't that mean? <laughs> Incidentally, he's violations. joking. He's joking. Okay. okay. <laughs> so we got to take uh, Dalton to the facility. He loved nice. it. After we picked up a new truck, didn't we, there, big boy? At Jack Kane Ford. Or You're getting a new truck every week. No, I've had that last truck for like three months. <laughs> a month, yeah, oh, a month. Oh. Three, four months. Poor so, Freddie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too so, long. So Ugh. Dalton and I, yeah. Dalton and I hung out today, and we've had a big time. But this podcast would not be brought to you unless our good friends at Jack Kane Ford uh, agreed to be our partners for the next year. So we are good from now until, uh, well, all the way through signing day next year. Sweet. I think I think it went pretty well last year. So yes. I, I'm, I'm excited to run yes, about it. Let's I, uh, do it again. I, I don't brag, but sometimes I do brag, and that's okay. Uh, <laughs> our numbers have been have, – uh, let's just put this – have been very well, been strong. Uh, and we owe that to everybody that listens to this podcast. We cannot thank you enough. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna continue on. Today's the first day of the the new Jack Kane Ford Depth Chart Podcast. Uh, we got a few new wrinkles we're gonna throw in there. We got some guests lined up. We're gonna have a guest today, so uh, we're gonna bring in that man to uh, for this one. I'm sure everybody wants to talk about the recruiting class. And right. let's just get to it. The Kentucky class of 2018 was ranked 37th by 247 Sports. Okay. Ranked 34th by rivals. Huh, okay. uh, I tried to look at ESPN, but I think it's like you have to join something to look at it. So I don't think yeah. so. The insider. Yeah. Um, if I, I have to join anything or pay anything, I'm not doing it. You know that KSR pays for like a lot of. It don't matter. Today. I'm doing it on principle. I don't believe in that. So <laughs> I believe in uh, you know free media, and that's what Twitter's for. <laughs> so uh, comparison wise, 2014 was the. Class to end all classes for the University of Kentucky. Best was, class was ever. Ranked 22nd. Yeah. Uh, 2015. 2015 was ranked 38th. So that was the worst class ever, right? Well, that's how it. To number, me, num- numbers never lie. To me, on that day, on signing day 2015, I said it was the best class, right? Kentucky was 36 in ESPN. So. Okay. Uh, yesterday, Vince Merrill said during the press conference that he thought the 15-16 class was the best class as well. So, uh, I agree with him there. 2016, Kentucky was 34th. Mm-hmm. 2017, Kentucky was 30th. So, 37th. 
Now, if you listen to doomsdayers and those that want to say, whoa, what is going on? Kentucky's 37th, uh, whatever. And there's always going to be that, right? Especially in recruiting. It makes sense, especially if you don't know a lot of the guys and there's offensive linemen. You're like, oh, gosh, 37? That's not great. When when you look at where class ranks, and again, I could care less about recruiting numbers, stars, and all that, and I think that's been established. Uh, outside the top ten, who who obviously are getting the best players, I think it's just it's about development and 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 selection and identification from top ten down, right? Why Kentucky was ranked thirty seventh? Okay, look at the top the bottom four players in this class. Okay, okay. Who are? Right, let's go through twenty fourth. Max Duffy, punter from Australia. Okay. He's a punter. They don't. They don't rank them. Yeah, very often. you're not going to get a good ranking there. But I mean, he he. The fact that he even got ranked and he's not even from America. <laughs> well, the Ray guy <laughs> kicking that ProKick.com has Duffy as the number one punter in the country, right? But as far as recruiting services, who everybody falls at their knees and worships their numbers that they put out, he's the worst signee or the lowest signee in value for Kentucky when in, in reality he may be the most the most vital, the most critical sign he Kentucky has, right? Twenty third, Chance Poor, kicker. He might be more important, I think. Chance Poor was also the Ray Guy kicker dot com thing, number one kicker in this class. He was the top specialist in the state of South Carolina. Um but he's a twenty third player, so that's bringing your class down a little bit as far as the ratings, the eyes of the rating services. It wasn't there a, a service that had both Duffy and Poor as the top two? Yes, kicking that, ca- yes, it was kicking that one. It was the one in, I was telling you. Yeah. America, yeah. But as far as a, a rating a class, you look at the top five or six and the bottom four or five. Okay, number twenty two was Dom Williams. Dom Williams was a junior college player, and uh, from from Knoxville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Was not highly uh, recruited coming out of high school originally. No, uh, originally signed with some EKU. Yeah, went to junior college. He's not highly rated. Junior college players sometimes are not highly rated. Well, except for Terry Touchdown. Well, Terry Touchdown is just the three star, Nick, according to two four seven. But if he's the number, one, how could he be a three star if he's the number one quarterback? Because I'm going to get to that because he was uh, the sixth best player in the class of Kentucky per two four seven. But he was the number one quarterback in junior college. How does that work? I but, don't, I don't. but, but that, I'm telling you, that's why we fascinate on these numbers and why I'm telling people not to fascinate on these numbers. And, you know, you can call me a, a, a sunshine pupper, uh, uh, and I called – what was that yesterday? A very creative one. Oh, it was pretty good. Blue uh, shade. It was uh, – Homer uh, – Oh, it was you were an over – Bearing Homer? Yeah, overbearing Homer. Which yeah. I, I got to give some creativity to that. Nice. One. Yeah. That's so, at least using some adjectives. Yeah. So, and, and here we go. The, the, the fourth – player from the bottom for Kentucky was athlete slash linebacker Ashton Pierre. Ashton Pierre was injured as a senior, didn't play as many games, didn't get to do the circuit, etc. If the fourth lowest rated player on your class has offers, offers from LSU, Oklahoma, Miami, Ole Miss, South Carolina, Iowa, and Utah, that's okay. Right? Yeah. That is okay. They're pretty not too shabby. That is okay. But th- that's how the, he, he missed a, a portion of his senior year. The ratings were, were low, et cetera. But you get these offers. Look at would LSU, Oklahoma, Miami, for he's from South Florida, offer this kid if he wasn't a valued target. But according to the recruiting service, he's the 21st best player in this class. 
So that kind of explains why I don't freak out about these numbers, why they really do matter to me. Now, per, per 247 Sports, who I think is the most reliable recruiting service out there, let's look at the top six players in this class. Number one, justifiably, Marquan, Marquan McCall. Yeah. Four-star, the number one player in Michigan, the number one offensive guard in the Midwest, going to play defensive tackle at Kentucky. He, uh, I remember when we, we talked about him. I think it was off the air because um, I was just like, yes, they're playing him in nose. And you were like, I've never seen some a kid with such good form as yes. McCall at, at, on guard. offense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So he'll have to do some learning, but they needed a nose, so they got the best you could possibly get. Yeah, because right now you have Quentin Bohanna, and that's it, and that's it. Maybe Tamir DeBose could play that play that nose tackle, but but that's it right now. So if McCall sticks to defense, he's going to come in. So let's look at the top six players in the class. Number two, another four star offensive tackle, Darian Kennard. Out of Cleveland, St. Ignatius, U.S. Army All-America. Number three best player in the class, four-star Chris Oates. Hallelujah. <laughs> How about that one? But Chris Oates, yeah, I, I think that is a significant sign for Vince Merrill because he went head-to-head with Ohio State. And if you and when evaluating Ohio players, the upper echelon elite Ohio players, you look for two offers, Ohio State and Michigan. Chris Oates had Ohio State and Michigan offers. You know where the, when that Ohio State offer came? When? It wasn't like a week before signing day like mm-hmm. a lot of those do. Yeah. It happened two summers ago. Yeah. So Vince Merrill was re- started recruiting this kid as a freshman. Yes. And then That's he, impressive. he that... took the entire staff to watch his <laughs> basketball game, did a did home in-home visit and, and for Kentucky to get this to get Chris Oates away from Ohio State and out of Winton Woods in Cincinnati, a, a power program. I think it's something special. There, there's two things, or I, three, I want to say about Oates. One, um, you see four-star, you see all the accolades, but he's only 215 pounds. Right. So he's got to he's got to put on some he's weight. On he's some not going to play at all. Don't just because he's a four-star doesn't mean he comes in and gets 80 tackles. They right. don't need him to. They got Cash Daniel, they got Jamin Davis, they got Jordan Jones, they got Eli Brown. They should be good at inside linebacker. Secondly, they. Vince Merrill said that they have getting a guy as big as Oates in the state of Ohio. Like they notice up there, it's not just like we're getting excited that Kentucky beat somebody for Ohio State. The recruits in the class below and yeah. the coaches up there they recognize that. Yeah. Merrill's used the phrase "we have the second best brand in the state of Ohio," which is had some truth to it, but this kind of added some validation to that. Right. And I think the third and most important thing is we're seeing an unintended consequence of the early signing period. Mm -hmm. Like, I think when we found out that was happening, we all talked about, hey, Ohio State can't come in late and steal recruits, which is true. Mm -hmm. But not having to recruit kids, so not having to tell Darian Kennard and Brendan Bates, not having to convince them to not go to Ohio State. Instead of spending time doing that, they were spending all their time on Oates. They and they could send yeah. their entire defensive staff up to his game to watch that. So, yeah. without the early signing period, Kentucky probably doesn't get Chris Oates. Yeah, because soon after the early signing period, uh, Allen Daly commits, uh, Nick Lewis commits. Then all the focus shifted to Cavassier Smoke and Chris Oates to finish out the class. You, Chris Oates was the number one player on UK's board. I mean, I, that, that, that was obvious. That was Kentucky's top target. It went out and got him. I think, uh, you know, I, com- I compared him to Bernard McKinney 
Uh, Vince Merrill did the same yesterday in his press conference, so um, I think he plays inside. But the thing, the, the separation, and Chris Oates and Xavier Peters are going to be compared to each other for, for the next three to four years. And I think if if Peters plays college football, I think he's going to be a very good player. Yep, he's he's got the build already. But the difference is Chris Oates can play all four linebacker positions. Xavier Peters cannot. But we'll see how that works out. That's why I had Oates rated higher than Xavier Peters in, in on my board. Number four best players is Stanley Garner. Now we're dropping down to the three-star rates. Stanley Garner, a three-star cornerback. Um, I think he's a pretty good player. He's, he's big, too. Yeah, he's 6'2", taller. The, the Man, number he's, five. He's got some long arms on him. The number five player is a three-star, which surprised me. I, I, I thought yeah, – and I didn't know what these guys were until I did a little research. I thought DeAndre Square was a four-star. But the fifth, He's a four-star in some. The yeah. fifth-rated player in this class is DeAndre Square, linebacker out of Cass Tech out of Michigan. If you watch film on this kid, he can fly. He can be powerful. Uh, I do think – I think there's two position groups that, that this class possesses. That's the best at stoop sign. I think this is the best offensive line class, and I think it's the best linebacker class with DeAndre Square, with Chris Oates, with Ashton Pierre, if he puts on weight to play linebacker, there's some there those three are very, very good players in my opinion going forward. That's gonna be the linebackers of the future. Exactly. Like I, I think these yeah. guys Because you gotta realize Kentucky's gonna lose a lot on defense. A lot. Now the sixth the best player, according to to the recruiting service that rated Kentucky thirty seventh in the nation, the sixth best was three star Terry Wilson, quarterback. The yeah. Number one or number two and Junior college was, quarterback in the nation. Out of high school, he was a four-star. Yeah, he so got he, worse. He, he got worse. So, <laughs> when, when when the panic sets in, oh, we're 37th, just relax. Just relax. Look at the bottom four, which the last four players signed were quality players. Allen Daly out of Alabama, a late bloomer, 23 touchdowns, 1,400 yards, which is top ten in the history of the state of Alabama on a state championship team. Cavassier Smoke is a must-get. This guy's going to play next year. I don't see any way. I don't see any way around him not playing next year. Him or Rodriguez, one of the two or both. I mean, I'm telling you right now, yeah. huh. AJ Rose and, and Sahin King better get better get their act together, or else they're because I'll be girl. honest with you, the second half of the Music City Bowl yeah, scared good. me. Yeah. You did nothing. I mean, I, I was going through my mind thinking, oh my gosh, the quarterback's gone. What happens after Benny Snell? Kentucky's running game was null and void. It was done. Nothing. So Kentucky goes out, gets two running backs that fit the mode of Benny Snell. I think Avasier Smoke has an extra gear and is a little bit faster than people give him credit for. Uh, just much like Terry Wilson, I think Terry Wilson is faster on the field than he is on the forty time. So, but that's how you get the thirty seventh ranked class. That's why I'm not panicked because the fourteenth class was twenty second, and we see what that it brought some good players. But it also brought a bunch of players that enjoyed the recruiting process more than playing football, mm-hmm. and other players that transferred. transferred and never played again. Mm-hmm. Now, never played again, or if they did play, never made a, a, an impact in the MAC. So, you know, the must-haves in the class. Let's just stay on fourteen. The must-haves in that class, several of them never did. Go to two thousand fifteen. Were these just a three-star, just a two-star? These guys are breaking records. Josh Allen's going to could break the sack record, right? He was Kentucky. like the bottom of the class. Yeah. So, 
don't don't let that. And I and you call me Homer all you want. I don't care what anybody says about me, as long as you don't talk about my family. Get personal. Yeah. But I I think I I really 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 like this class. Well, I do. Question, Freddie, from mowing copper. Yeah. It, you've said a lot about this, but the tail end I want you to address. Can you address that the fact is not very good when compared to the rest of the SEC? Just because they were eleventh out of fourteenth. That's in the rankings. We've spent a lot of time just kind of in like, really, rankings? Come yeah. On. But how how does it kind of um, compare to what the rest of the SEC did yesterday for those well, who weren't following I, I along? I think the power of, of the SEC is beginning, is in, is in its initial phase to transfer from the west back to the east. Because according to 247, Georgia, Georgia killed it. Georgia, they Georgia had, loaded up. I think they had like number one players in four states yeah. and top five players at every position. Georgia <laughs> loaded up. Uh, it was ridiculous. Florida was 18th, South Carolina 19th, and Tennessee 22nd. So, typical SEC year, nothing different. But most was just in the east, yeah, not lot, the west. Lot, yeah, Alabama, Alabama dropped down. Fifth. Yeah, so that, that, that surprised me. But, uh, again, the 37th ranked class um, – is the second lowest of the Mark Stoops era, uh, but I think. Uh, but the lowest ranked class was the the best class, the the the, the class that produced the most. Yeah, so so I, I'm not concerned. I, I really the, the intangibles are what I like about this class. You turn on the film, you see four star Chris Oates with offers from virtually everybody in college football. You see him on the kickoff team. You see him on a kickoff return team. His highlight starts with him on special teams. You see him linebacker. Davion Hawkins, who, can, can who's, have, who's my guy? I've got a question about Chris Oates, though. Yeah, go ahead. Um, that's It's very important and needs to be addressed. So, let me see. Where did I find it? Um, oh, man, I just had it. No, it was right here. It's such a good question. With the addition of Chris Oates, what is your favorite flavor of oatmeal, Jack Pilgrim? Hmm... I've always been the the maple maple flavored guy the, or the apple. The um, well, you can't have two favorite flavors. Okay, well, a lot of times I just mix them. So you mix two flavors to make one ultimate flavor. Absolutely, it is a bold strategy, Jack Pilgrim. And like I like that, where you're at. It's like that at. Super Bowl commercial with the Pringles, where yeah. they they just stacked one flavor of Pringle on top of the other and said, "Now you have barbecue barbecue like chicken it. pizza." Yeah, I'm a strawberry and cream guy myself. Yeah, uh, th- those are. Good, like I, I really like the peach, but I'm with Jack. I got I like the cinnamon taste. But if you get you have to, if you go by the little packets, you, I got to put like four in a bowl. I do. Eat. Yeah, that, I mean that's I that's two. how I yeah. mix and match. I just yeah. got one, two. Yeah, you, you know. yeah, I can't do just one. So yeah, I, I like to do just the uh, the regular cinnamon though yeah. by itself. And if you sprinkle a little bit, ex- like I, I'll cheat and I'll add a little bit of extra cinnamon too. Add a nice little, <laughs> and that makes it pop. Oh, it just it makes it pop. Which, by the way, did you know you can put cinnamon in coffee? It's pretty good. Yeah, I do. It's I've yeah, done that. I'm a big yeah. fan. I, I, You're unlocking I've done your inner Gordon Ramsay. I, I'm. Pow. Well, Drew Franklin, he's inspired me. You know, he's Mr. Chop, Mr. Chef De La. I didn't know that. Franklin. Oh, he he seems like a frozen pizza kind of guy. No, he is every day at Kroger getting kale and making collard oh, greens yeah. and yeah. Who would have thunk it? So keep a look at this class. We talked about the bottom four. Let's go. Keep going in reverse order. Kenneth Horsey. Six, four, Speaking of him, what about, what about a name? This might be the best Horsey, name class Cavassier, of all time. Smoke. I like it. I like it. Chris, Chris Rodriguez. <laughs> Even Stoops is laughing at uh... – There's Cavassier. Yeah. <laughs> he even chuckled a little bit. Bryce Oliver, uh, basketball player. Didn't do the camp circuit. Played multiple sports. 
then Quay Mahone finished higher ranked than, than than he wasn't. Quay Mahone wasn't even evaluated until Kentucky offered. And there I go. This guy's pretty and that, good. Now he's in the middle of the pack as a three-star uh, player. He was uh he was in the small school ball, so like. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was similar to T.J. Carter, who's now going to be a two-year starter, true junior. So that's my take on the class. I, I, I really, uh, uh, you know, I don't. I, I can see where the number thirty-seven may concern people, uh, but for me, who really don't pay attention to 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 rankings and all that, I think it's a good class. I think this is a developmental class. I don't think – I agree. I think especially on a line of scrimmage, the offensive linemen were redshirt. The defensive linemen other than McCall were redshirt. Davion Hawkins is going to be a stud muffin. I really love that kid. Uh, a receiver could play. I think Alexander might play or one of those. Steph loves Dale, Alexander. One of those receivers will play. Both running backs could play. One or both of the tight ends, Bates and Upshaw, may play. I could see maybe Bates, but the other two guys are so big that they'll probably just save Upshaw. Yeah. Because he's a big dude. Yeah, he's, he, but could play if had to. Yeah, if they had know? to. But yeah. I think, in general, this class. It's a developmental class. Yeah, well, because they don't need him. Yeah, and that's a good – that's where you <laughs> want to be right now. <laughs> like, like, I think 90% of the defense production is back on defense. And they – Randolph and Love were the only two guys who really played a lot that are gone. Right. And then on offense, you lose your quarterback, yeah. you lose Juice, and Chuck Walker, mm-hmm. and then K1 Ross. Okay, K1 Ross and uh, Kyle Meadows. Yeah. So, but other than that, you've got. I mean, that's most of your team is they, back, they, so you don't need to play guys. They right plugged away. the holes that needed to be plugged in, and then they added the depth where. They were they were very comfortable. Yeah, because with you have to project four years out. Because right. this year, the entire secondary are four year star or seniors, right? Three linebackers are seniors. You're going to lose a majority of your defense, a vast majority. On offense, uh, most likely you're going to lose Benny, and then and then you're going to lose Dorian Baker. You're going to lose C.J. Conrad. So you go out and you get two quality tight ends there. So I think it's, I think Kentucky's done a really good job of identifying early. Filling holes. I like this class, but the intangibles. Let me get back to that for a minute. And I know people. This is another hot topic: multi-sport players. And and people either love that or hate it. I happen to love it. Every coach I know, which are several in in college football, love it as well. A lot of multi-sport players on this on this list, and a lot of multi-position guys from state championship teams. Okay, go, let me Davion Hawkins. Let me go to him again. Pay, pulling guard was their top offensive lineman. Was their top defensive lineman. Shaman Avadana wins the state championship. Cavassier Smoke played in a state championship game. Allen Daly won a state championship at Pinson Valley in Alabama. DeAndre Square, Cast Tech, a national power. Darian Kennard, St. Ignatius, well-coached, well-developed from one of the best coaching staffs in all of high school football. Chris Oates from Winton Woods, played in the state championship, highly developed. His coach, Chris Oates' coach, said that Chris Oates was the best player in Ohio. 
Now, Chris Oates, the, the head coach of Wenton Woods, puts out players all over the country every year, right? They're, they're Hall of Fame this year. You remember Dominique Brown Yeah. UofL? He was like one of their Hall of Fame. So, so he, he wouldn't say that unless he meant that. He don't have to say it. We're not talking about a coach from a small school that this is their only start, only player they've ever sent to college. But he's still going to brag about it. And he guy. says Oates is the best player, and I can't question that coach. He arguably is the best player in a while. All right, question, Freddie. Yes. Would you rather take a stud linebacker like an Oates or a stud receiver like a, a kid named Blue? I would take uh, Oates. Yeah. I, any day, even, even any though day of the week. That guy that Sunday. Kentucky did lose to Ohio State this year, Blue Smith, he picked the Buckeyes over Kentucky. Yeah. He's an outside receiver. They – you can find receivers. Yeah. I, I think it's much more difficult to find an elite talent at linebacker. You than can find receiver. running backs. You can re- find receivers. You can find I – mean, Chuck of, Walker was a walk-on yeah, for two quarterback, years. Yeah, quarterbacks are impossible to find in front seven. Defensive front seven is impossible to find. I thought Kentucky did excellent with these linebackers, Square, Pierre, Oates, and then McCall, Hawkins, Mahone. I like I liked that nucleus of the defensive front seven. Now, it won't shock and awe on the recruiting services, and it won't shock and awe on TV when you're going through the signing class. But for where Kentucky is as a program, I think this this signing group, this class, fits its program. Kentucky is more like Northwestern than it is like Ohio State. It recruits the specific needs of the program, the kids that fit the Kentucky mode, that can fit the Kentucky way, and are going to play instead of – Kentucky's not going to go out and, find, and sign 15 four and five stars. That's just not the way it happens. But I like it. I like with the sixth class. I like the direction of this class. I think potentially it could ultimately end up being the second best class that Mark Stoops has signed if these players develop as I see them developing through the years. All right, welcome to, back to the Depth Chart Podcast. As I told you, we're going to have uh, guests on a regular basis and since uh, National Signing Day just uh, just wrapped up, I thought that I'd give uh, our friend Coach McKee at Scott County High School a call uh, to talk about a few issues. Uh, Coach McKee, 218 wins to 63 losses. I think that's a pretty good record, guys. Not, uh, too, not too shabby. Huh? <laughs> and a state championship. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and I uh, I actually have titled Scott County the best Public school champion in Kentucky a few years. Well, well, that's a different subject, Coach. I won't get you on that. How you doing, Coach McKee? Oh, I'm doing great. I've been looking forward to sitting down and talking to you all this afternoon, all day today. Somebody said to me, or I saw somewhere, I think it was on Twitter, that you may, they said they described you as the best storyteller in the history of Ken, or in the state of Kentucky. Is that true? I, I don't know anything about that now. <laughs> uh, that that was a, an ironic situation there. You know, football clinics are moving to, in some cases, more online rather than everybody meet over at the Holiday Inn and listen to Freddie Maggart and then Jim McKee. And so what I've done and been a part of is a website called CheapPigSkin.com where you actually go and make presentations just to a camera. Oh, That's wow. a little bit challenging. I'm not so sure my stories are quite as good without an audience to interact with. <laughs> that sounds like that's a good concept, though. I mean, it sounds like uh, yeah, it really yeah. is. And then that way you can log on. You know, when you're in your chair at night at ten fifteen, and all your kids are in bed, and you got your iPad in your hand, you can log on and watch something rather than 
you know, be gone and, and maybe miss your child's activity or something. Right, right, right. Yeah, and then especially with football because after the season you're dealing with weather and all that stuff. Well, Coach, signing day. Uh, first of all, talk about uh, you had a ceremony at Scott County yesterday. Is that true? Is that today? Uh, well, we actually had it today. Uh, yesterday we didn't have school. Right. Uh, we got snowed out of school, so we took care of some stuff uh, on some faxes for some kids. But we had a ceremony today at uh, – 10 o'clock and a big shout out to mandy hudson she's one of our school technology coordinators we we're always trying to stay a little bit a step ahead and uh, we've done a powerpoint presentation over the uh, last several years and she was able to put it all into a video for us today yeah, and yeah. Uh, really made the kids the, the biggest thing about signing day is you know today's not the day to talk about grading the class right i've seen you do that you yeah. know you'll have 25 signees and the bottom line is that all 25 of those guys aren't going to make it. Right. And, you know, they're going to transfer. They're going to – but that, today's not the day to talk about that with our guys. Today's a celebration always yeah. with them and something we're really proud of. But, you know, a, a team accomplishment is what makes football great. On an individual basis as a coach, seeing the reaction from a family and a child when they've been offered an opportunity to play college football, it's got to be right up in there. In yeah. the top two or three things you do. Yeah, you know, I, I agree, Coach. You know, I do, I do, I do so much stuff on signing day. I evaluate. Uh, you know, obviously, I, I, I watch a film and I see things, and I mention subtly things that players need to improve upon. Mostly, upper body strength, uh, position, technique, etc. But I'm with you. Signing day is to point out what what these young men do good on the field, what they could possibly bring to a team. But I, I think it's a celebration. If to me. You know, I can. I look back on mine. It was. It was. A, it wasn't an individual thing. It was a family. It was a community celebration because, you know, these players aren't getting here unless there's a volunteer that's lining the field for their peewee football games or somebody's in the concession stand or working the clock at their seventh grade game. So, I think, in my opinion, it's a community celebration for all these kids that sign anywhere. Oh, uh, absolutely, and and it's such a um, great relief for a family. Uh, this would be a topic for a different day, but uh, college, you know, the cost of, of college tuition continues to rise. I think it's the second uh, medical expenses have been number one in the last decade and the cost of college tuition been number two. And so can you just imagine as a family, I, I know when Colby was fortunate enough to sign last year at Austin P. I mean, it's just like, you, you almost couldn't believe it right, that, yeah. you know, your, your child was going to go to college and it wasn't going to cost anything. Right. Yeah. And even if a child, for example, my oldest son, Clay, goes to Georgetown College, it's not free, but it's about a quarter of what it would be if he didn't play football. Right. And, uh, man, it's a it's huge. Yeah. As, you know, as a parent, it's huge. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, I, there's not a day that I don't thank God for the GI Bill. You know, we we, yeah. we we can transfer that down, and that's got that's got ours taken you care know, of. So this guy's still uh, still writing those student loan checks. Going to be doing that for a while. Yeah. So yeah, Nick, <laughs> Coach Nick Rouse was in college for like eighteen years. Yeah, he graduated so. when he was forty. So yeah, he's still got, got a little while. He's to got go. a lot of work to go. I do have a question for you, Coach, because we're talking about National Signing Day. I you get a different side of all of this because you have coaches coming to you saying, Hey, I want to recruit so-and-so. How does that, how does that process start whenever they're trying to reach out to your student athlete? 
Well, about you know, in about ninety five percent of the cases, uh, the coach that's assigned to our high school will contact me directly, and you know, he'll come by at a, at a set time, and and then that's where the process starts. Now, it's not my responsibility. I mean, I'm just throwing these these things out as you talk about coaching and. You know, it's not my responsibility to get Freddie Maggard's son a scholarship. Right. You know, my responsibility is for uh, to put a the very best team on the field that we can put out there to represent our school with class and to set a good example for the young men on our team. But with that said, I want to do everything I can to give the kid the very best opportunity. So, and I've been doing it a long time. So, just the second Nick came in, if you were coaching the University of Cumberland's. You know, I'll, I'll have our packet put together of all of our guys. and We've got our transcripts, and, you know, uh, we've got all the information that those guys need from the address to the Twitter handle of the kid. And then, you know, we make the kid available to them depending upon, you know, what period it is in recruiting, what they're allowed to do and not do. And for the last two years, we've done something that's really worked out well for us, and we've had two workout days slash combine days in May where we've brought our kids in before school, our top six to eight prospects. And then, you know, we're, I'm constantly in contact with the college coaches. Let them know, hey, remember now, May 3rd and May 11th, May 3rd and May 11th at 7 a.m. And so we'll bring those guys in. We take them to a little weight workout. We do some agilities with them. We do some football-specific stuff. It's about a 45-minute deal. Then we leave some time at the end for the coaches to interact with the kids. And so that way we can actually get the kids in front of the coaches. But but the, at the end of the day, all we can do is the very best we can do. And parents oftentimes don't understand that I can't get Freddie Maggard's son a scholarship. I can't tell Coach Stoops, hey, Freddie Maggard's a great guy. This kid makes straight A's. He's awesome. You need to offer him. That's not how it works. Hmm. I mean, Division One college football is a major – major business yeah those guys are going to offer the guys that they evaluate and they think can help their program absolutely well do the coaches do they have to uh, obviously they're recruiting the player but do they recruit the coach too or are you kind of uh, left out of the picture well you know for the most most part I, I get out of the picture i wouldn't say left out you know I want to be in the picture initially but then once the connection takes place between the child and the parents and the and the coaching staff, then I, I, I typically, for the most part, like with Brian Hudson, you know, he's a national recruit. We've had Notre Dame, we've had Stanford, we've had Georgia in here in, in the last two weeks. But Brian's got a great great head on his shoulders. He's got an awesome mom and dad, and you know, they're going to figure out what's best for them. One thing that I always tell them is, hey guys, this time next year, I'm going to be coaching Scott County High School. And I got to make Scott County High School the best I can. I, unfortunately, in, in our business, there are some people out there that, uh, you know, I, I think try to possibly steer some kids some certain directions. As long as the kid's got a good common sense based family life, for the most part, I'm going to stay out of it. Now, if the child possibly is from a, a home where they don't have a lot of knowledge of the process or there's, uh, I don't see much clarity coming forward, then I might get in and, and, you know, try to give a little bit of my thought process with them. But for the most part, I'm out. And as far as recruiting me, they've done a terrible job because I'm still here after 21 years. I've been waiting on this big offer, and it hadn't happened. I got, I got a question. What, without naming names or schools, 
what is the the rudest situation, comment, or has a coach ever been rude during a visit to your school? Uh, I'm probably not the easiest person to be rude to, so for the most part it's gone pretty well. And the older that I've gotten, though, nobody wants to be big-timed. Yeah. You know, just because uh, John Schlarman, you know, he recruits our school for Kentucky. He he does a wonderful job. He's not necessarily a better football coach than I am. And I I don't mean for you to take that the wrong way. I'm not saying I'm better than he is. But he, that's the path that he chose. Right. And, you know, I chose a path out of high school of being a high school coach. And that that would be the only time that I would ever get just a little bit irritated is if anybody sort of tried to big time me. And, you know, I mean, just, I mean, we're all just coaches. Yeah. And, 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 and in turn with that, I, I try to make sure that when I'm dealing with, for example, guys that work on our middle school level here, that I don't come off as if, well, now you're just a middle school coach. Yeah. No, not really. We're right. all just coaches. Yeah, but yeah. for the most part, uh, Freddie, the the guys are, are are above board and and pretty classy. Yeah, well, John Schlarman was the head coach at Newport, and he was on the Bourbon County staff. And then Doug Peterson, the, the Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles head coach, was a high school coach eight years ago. So I agree, coaches are coaches are coaches are coaches, and it's different paths that they take. So I totally agree with that. Now, coach, I I brought up a subject just because it was pertinent to the Super Bowl. 96% of the Super Bowl participants played multi-sports. There's some that took that offensively, I guess, and did not like for me to discuss that and think it's not an important uh, aspect of the total athlete development, which I do, and I can only talk on my personal experience. I don't try to tell people any. I'm like you. I'll be me, you be you. As for me. And at Cumberland High School, 158 years ago, Coach, for me to be on the free throw line with five seconds left, down one, with two free throws to go, help me be a better quarterback in a two-minute drive to, to beat Beachwood to go to the state championship, which helped me be a better pitcher up one with two outs with the bases loaded in pressure situations. Those three sports connected and made me overall a better athlete. What's your take? I know you have to deal with that there at Scott County. What's your take with multi-sport athlete, and does that help in the overall development of not only the athlete but the child into growing into a young man? Well, you know, a, a couple things come to mind. The first thing would be, you know, I, I've got three sons. My oldest one is 22 i got a 22 19 and almost 17 and and every father myself included you know we want our children to be the best they can be and we probably think they're a little bit better than what they are uh but but stop and remove yourself from the from the situation and say okay how many and and i'll i'll be quiet and let you answer and then take back up how many power five football players are there out of the state of kentucky on a yearly basis on average Ten, maybe five, 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 ten on a good year, maybe. Yeah, I'd say five's a double, and ten, yeah. ten you hit it over K Woods. Right, 10. right, exactly. Uh, you know, so you're looking at five to eight on an average year, and so if we could go into basketball, and then we could go into to baseball. You know, there there are just not that many kids out there that are going to be a high level Division one recruit. So we're talking about like less than one percent. So, 
what do you you know what is what do you want a child to gain from high school? You know, don't you want the, the child to be complete? I would I would look at it like this: if I told Freddie Maggard Jr., whether directly or indirectly, that I thought him not playing baseball this spring would would help his chances in football next year, who is who am I putting? Number one, yourself. am I putting my no. desires yes. or his desires? No, yours, yours, and I think I and, actually, and yeah, I, just, I, I just can't think that any coach now. I, I just can't think that any coach would do that. And I think when you have your own children come through, then that that changes your perspective a little bit. Brian Hudson's. I, I keep going back to Brian, but he's just such a once in a lifetime kid. You know, he's a two time state champion shot player, right? Yeah, and a big a big part of his decision. He's going to go somewhere where he can participate in track and field and participate in football and and be encouraged to do it. So there might become a time where Brian makes a decision a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, where he can't do all those things. He can't pass his classes, you know, play high-level Division One football, throw the shot put in the SEC or wherever he is. But that ought to be his decision. Right. And I think that's the thing about kids playing multiple sports. My my middle boy, Colby, it, it killed my soul when he quit playing baseball. But at the end of the day, he didn't want to play baseball. Right, right. And that's okay. But that was his decision. Uh, I just uh, – and you know what, Freddie? A, a basketball coach is going to stay, stay here and throw darts at a football coach. A football coach is going to sit here and throw darts at a baseball coach. And a baseball coach is going to sit here and throw darts at, at whoever – we're all guilty of it in every sport of overdoing it with kids. I, I can say without question that, like, I don't, I don't, I literally don't even don't care what other sports our kids play. It doesn't make any difference to me. I mean, they play them. I, I don't encourage them or discourage them. I just, I just let them go do what they want to do. Yeah, I read a lot of what Dr. James Andrews writes about it, and it's fascinating to. To hear his take, you know, as is especially with kids with Tommy John surgery, yeah, it's with, all repetitive motion yeah, stuff. Yeah, with with you know, Doctor Andrews is the nation's top orthopedic surgeon, arguably, and he has written several um, point papers on this. And, and it's fast. He, he even argues that kids at a certain age need to not participate in any sport for a month or so, just to just to be kids. You know, helps not helps the body, helps the mind, helps everything. So. To me, that's that that is a uh, that is a factor that 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 I just see too much specialization. I see I see, and what I don't like to see, Coach. To be quite honest with you, uh, I'm a coach guy. Uh, you and I have talked about this, and, and, and I am a school coach guy. I, I I don't want to see football go down the same path as basketball has gone with the AAU stuff. I, I talk to college coaches, and they want to talk to their high school coach. They don't care about anybody else, seven-on-sevens, uh, advisors, whatever. They want to talk to the high school coach. That's one thing I like about football is the high school football coaches are still involved with the development and with the recruiting process, and it's not as much as a third party as, as basketball has turned into. Oh, no, I, I agree. Uh... Now I'm very biased because I'm a high school football coach. So if you had somebody on here that was a third party entity, yeah, um, you know they're going to probably have a different view. But right. that that's something again where um, reality probably clouds some vision. 
in that that parents are are almost willing to do anything to help somebody help their child feel like reach reach this level of whatever that level is. It, it, and now we go back to this. I'm not trying to to rain rain on their parade. I'll take Kate for example. I think I gave you Kate's a he's in the tenth grade. He's my youngest son. He's a left-handed pitcher. He's an 80-81 mile an hour pitcher right now. If he develops as a senior and he's 83, 84, he's Georgetown College, Transylvania, Center College. If he's 85, 86, he's EKU, Moorhead, Murray. If he's 88 or above, and it doesn't matter, he can he can be 82, 83 and, and have a .01 ERA and throw three perfect games, and he's going to pitch at Georgetown or Transit. Right. And, you know, so you gotta, you got to be realistic about – what what are your child's strengths? These are just my opinions. I mean, as a coach and as a father, and and then also, uh, you know, make sure as a coach and and especially as a father that you're not pushing the child to what you want him to, to do or be, and you're pushing him to what he can. What good skill set does he have? Yeah. You know what what are the things that he does really well? You know, do you want to be only a football player when you're not very fast and you're not very big. No, you, you probably want to want to play baseball too. Yeah, I, I just I agree a hundred percent with with really everything you're saying. Uh, the third party handler trainer types. I'm not saying I know everything about what I'm doing, and I know I get paid from the school system. But you know, I work with the kids on my team, and it doesn't cost forty dollars an hour for the parents. Right, and I, I feel like they're you know they might not be getting forty dollars work out of me, but surely they're getting thirty. <laughs> well I, didn't i hear you one time say uh I, I swear i thought it was you said instead of paying all that money for trainers and special coaches and all that invest in act preparation and that way be, you'll get a free scholarship at least academically was that you that said that yeah okay i thought it was. I, I, I may have said something very similar to yeah. that but but if you if you in all honesty think about the amount of money that somebody will spend on travel baseball uh, for for example, and I'm not knocking travel baseball. I mean, Cage played some travel baseball, uh, but you you got like like I said, it just goes back to being realistic. If you're five foot nine and you weigh 165 pounds and you love basketball more than anything in the world, you're probably not going to be an SEC basketball player. You better have an opportunity to to do something else. Well, and for example, I was a six five freshman in high school. And I, I didn't get much taller than that, but, and I could get better in all my skills or whatever, but as a 6'5 center, 6'6 center, you're only going to center or Hanover or something like that. But I, we had an ACT prep class at my school. I went from a 25 to a 29. That's $1,500 a year at yeah. UK. So, you know, it makes a difference in certain aspects. So yeah, absolutely. I, I'm a walking example of that. Yeah. It didn't just, uh, yeah. you know, pan out, so. Yeah, absolutely, Coach. You mentioned Brian Hudson. I've uh, I met him at the uh, at, at a uh, at a function there at Scott County. Just a super. I agree with you. Super impressive young man. Uh, I spoke at uh, Coach Hicks's uh, uh, the cookout there at, at the school, and, and he walked up and introduced himself to him. He shook my hand, looked me in the eyes. You could tell he's a Scott County product because um, I'm. You're my friend, but I, I love the how you present the team class uh, aspect of, of your program from your players. You, everybody in the country is after this young man. Uh, is he going to, uh, from your best knowledge, is he going to commit early? Is he going to wait to signing day? What's his plan on on deciding on a school? 
Well, uh, I, I believe that, you know, I've been doing it 25 years, uh, 26, actually. Gosh, this is my 26th year. Man, I don't feel like it either. I'm, I'm tired up for year 27 more than any of the first 26, but maybe one or two other kids. Grayson Miller will be a senior at Michigan State. Right. Mm-hmm. His dad was an all-Big Ten player at Michigan State, and Grayson was just uh, unbelievable. But you just don't get a, a child that's like Brian. You know, you, you hear somebody say, oh, man, you know, he's got a 4.0. Well, you know what, eight out of the ten people that have 4.0s don't. Uh, that's just right. something to say. But here's a kid has got like a 3.7, 3.8 GPA, two-time state shot put champion, and you you see these kids who they're kids that make decisions based off their the amount of Twitter uh, retweets they get. I mean right. that's important to them. And yeah. you know Brian is completely grounded. So and and he's got a tough decision. Now it's a great decision to have, but you know you when you sit down from Notre Dame across the table from Notre Dame, I mean that's Notre Dame, right? <laughs> you know Alabama. I, I believe what he will do is is sometime before the start of his senior season, he will go ahead and, and verbally. You know, it's not important to him to, to have three hats in front of him on signing right. day. I believe yeah. he'll go ahead and verbally commit. That's my best guess. And then that way he can put total focus in on his senior year of high school football. Yeah. Well, Coach, is, uh, I think Louisville signed one Kentucky kid last night and in, in Jairus Brents from uh, Wagner. Wagner. Kentucky didn't sign any, and I think EKU signed maybe one. Jeff stole them all, took them to Purdue. Yeah, is, is, is that is that a is that is that an anomaly? And do you see statewide in the 2019 is 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 looking is appearing as it's going to be a loaded class all over Kentucky? Is that just something that happens from time to time? Well, you know, I don't have a good answer for that. I think this. I think that as Kentucky fans and Kentucky people, I, I, I will sometimes read some message boards for enjoyment or listen to – I mean, I love to talk about football, uh, read the things on, you know, some of the KSR stuff. And I saw somebody said on there, well, you know, um, Brian Hudson, I mean, he's a, he, he's a, he's a must-have pro- prospect for the University of Kentucky. Well, you know, he, Josh Larm has done a great job recruiting him. And but Brian Hudson won't make or break the University of Kentucky program. If if he goes to Kentucky, that's awesome. If he doesn't go, the the person that they take in his place will be as good or or close to as good. And that's what I've just always encouraged him, and will always encourage people to do is is go what go wherever is best for you. Go do whatever is best for you, and and it'll be interesting to see. But Brian will come up with what he feels like is the very best decision for him and and then he'll he'll roll with it. Spring practice coming up. How uh how do you handle that? Uh when, when Don't do it. Won't do it. Uh you don't do it. Don't do it and and have not done it for several years. You know, our track coach Monty McIntyre's our defensive coordinator, Scott Willard, our head baseball coach is our offensive line coach and there was a point in time when I would be out there in March and uh you know when I was probably 10 years ago, it was kind of important to me to maybe hold the Trump card a little bit on, on some things. And then when I look back, I'm thinking, man, that, that was probably not the best way to do that. But, you know, so you would have a kid like Freddie Maggard who's, you know, getting ready to start baseball, but he's worried that he's going to get behind in football. It just it didn't work 
the best for us, for our kids and our situation. So what we have evolved into and have done for many years is we'll do a three-day mini clinic, always starting the Tuesday after Memorial Day. So we'll go out Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday after Memorial Day. Track season is completed. Our baseball team would have to be in the regional semifinals to be continuing to play, which they have been the last two years. They've won the 11th region in baseball. So if our baseball team was still playing, we're looking at five of our nine starters last year in our two-state tournament game for football kids. So five or six of the baseball guys would be in baseball. Everybody else would be in that three-day clinic, and that's what we have found works best for us. Yeah. Now, with that said, does that work? best for Harlan County? Does that work best for Woodford County? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not, but you got to get the feel for the situation. But that's what, that's what works best for us. Yeah, it makes sense to me. I mean, it really does, and I think you know, you, you you can tell us all you want about how you have the best interests of your student athletes because most coaches would, but what you just described of what how you operate spring practice, that is a practical application of your words into action. Uh, Coach, we could have you on here for hours. You're 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 incredible uh, guest, uh, a great orator. How about that? And I won't call you a storyteller. And and I think uh, you know, at 218 wins, 63 losses, that's fine. But I am a big, big Coach McKee fan. I can't thank you enough for being on here and and doing things the right way, Coach. I, I appreciate you and what you do for uh, the youth there in, in Scott County. Well, I, I appreciate being on. I love every opportunity uh, to promote not only uh, our football program, but our athletic program as a whole in our school district. Yeah. And, uh, you guys give me a call sometime soon for a different topic, and uh, I'd love to be on. And just a shout-out to all my students in here in my classroom today. I said, hey, guys, for about 15 minutes, you got to be silent. <laughs> They've done a great job. Well, when you're reading those message boards, sometimes they're a little bit mean to me, Coach, so uh... – I hope you still keep your high esteem of, of our friendship above what what, what that guy call me uh, overwhelm overbearing Homer. Yeah, I get called a Homer and a sunshine pumper and all kinds of good stuff on there. So uh, you know, if if if, if well, I don't tear down kids on signing day and that's the names that I've called, you know what, Coach? I go to bed, I sleep like a baby because I, I'm me and I can just be me, just just be me, and I don't try to be anybody else other than me. So that's where you go. Well, I think the older you get, the more comfortable you become in your yeah. own skin, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, yeah. I listen. I, I totally agree with that. Well, coach, you have a great day. Thank you for what you do, and uh, we'll have you back on here around uh, around kickoff time. How about that? Absolutely. Come watch us play next fall. Good I will because because I, I I can't let you go until I talk about those new jerseys you got. Now <laughs> now you say you're getting old, but 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 you're getting a little bit flashy with that new jersey you got now. Uh those are pretty sweet, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, you've gone uh, away our from kids the tradition. Are be jacked about those and uh you know in the, in the very, in the back of them we uh, jerseys have changed so much. Gosh, but you can put a little logo in the back and we did that Farm Tough Forever. One of our best logos was Farm Tough Football one year. <laughs> it just kind of fits our persona and our, you know, we're a physical run first type football team. We took three, uh, three brand new John Deere tractors from a local John Deere dealership here, Bevins's, and had all the senior cheerleaders and dancers and players all sitting up on top of them. And it was an awesome picture. So <laughs> I just stuck that in there for – that'll be there long after me. It'll be far and tough forever. All right. Keep going, Coach. Thanks, brother.
We'll do it, man. All Good right. to talk to you. All right, bye. Yeah. We back? We're back. We're back. We're back. <laughs> wow. How about some truth coming out there? I like it. I love that guy. I, I think he does it the right way. I, I you know, Especially I, with John Deere tractors. Yeah. That's a hell of a way to yeah. pump up your football But, team. you know, you say, you know, students first and, you know, whatever. But for him, a, a state power team. One of the few teams out in the state that, that has won a 6A state championship. Not Trinity or St. X. Right. A public school winning 6A. To not have spring practice because it's to let his players play other sports. Yeah. That's, you that's big. That's, that is practicality. That That's not words. That's actions. Yeah. That's uh, why Scott County is Scott County. I mean, that's why they're a power in virtually every sport. Football, basketball, they're what they're ranked number one in basketball, I think, right now, aren't they? They're pretty good. Yeah, they've yeah. not lost to a Kentucky team. Billy Hicks is the coach mm-hmm. from Harlan County. They got another school coming to town, though. They better watch out. Yeah, and Scott County is actually moving to 5A. Did you know that? They're, that next year, it's going to get crazy because it's going to be the first big realignment since yeah. they did the initial one. And like Central is going to be in the same district as Cal and the Sales. It's going to be oh weird. wow! And did you hear Bowling Green's coach is going to say next? Yes, I did. Uh, coach wow. Wallace. They're yeah, gonna be good. They're going to be good. Yeah, yeah, it is. But it's uh, uh, I I really like that interview. Uh, and going forward, we have uh, we have. You know, we have uh, some college coaches coming on. We are going to have uh, some regional network type personalities. Huh. And we're going to we, have. Uh, we're going to get back to the uh, Glory Day series over the summer too. Yeah, we're going to go back there. <laughs> we're, we got to go back there. Because, just because I like I like hearing Christian all just bust everybody's jobs. Yeah, yeah I, I think yeah, and I know I, <laughs> I know people are tired about me saying Christian all belongs in the Hall of Fame, but you know what? I don't care. I'm going to keep going. Because yeah. he does belong in the Hall of Fame. And I, I will agree with you. Now, we did have a couple new additions we got to talk about on the okay. coaching staff. Okay, yes. There's two. We've yes. got a new linebackers coach, yep. Brad White from the Indianapolis Colts, mm-hmm. and a new receivers coach, Michael Smith from Arkansas. Yeah, which uh, I'll go with Brad uh, White. Brad White. White first. I think Brad. I think Kentucky's got three pros at that position right now with Josh Allen, Josh Paschal, Denzel Ware. Bringing in an NFL outside linebacker coach makes sense because that's Kentucky's niche right now. That is Kentucky. Kentucky is a linebacker development. That's how it's seen, right? Because you look at them, Bud Dupree, and then the inside guys, Wesley Woodyard to to Danny Trevathan. Go back to all the way Marty Moore in my day, all the way back, Christian, all those guys. Kentucky's produced a lot of linebackers. I like bringing in a, a pro at that position. But what that does – if you, if you notice in 2017, the, the position group that advanced the most as far as development, increase in play was, in my opinion, the outside linebackers. That had everything in the world to do with Dean Hood. Now Dean Hood takes over the secondary. If Kentucky can get that same bump and improvement with that secondary loaded with seniors and, and a couple future pros, that changes the dynamic. That influences the win-loss record. So I love, love the outside linebacker coach because it frees up Dean Hood to go to take over that secondary. Yep. Michael Smith, right, the uh, the receivers coach. Mm-hmm. That's that's a comfort hire for Coach Stoops. He's known him since his playing days, but he is he's a proven coach. Anybody, any coach, in my opinion, that spends ten years at at Kansas State with that system, how they operate, and played there and coached there. Uh, I, I think is is a disciplinarian, is a technician, because Coach Snyder won't, te- won't keep you around because 
Kansas State is not a flash program. It's a developmental program. Kansas State recruiting-wise, they do what they get. Then they develop players. I think he's perfect for that. I think the wide receivers will get better. And I like how Coach Smith is from New Orleans. I've talked to people, my sources in, in Louisiana, say the high school coaches in Louisiana trust him. And then I think Kentucky starts getting two, three players out of that New Orleans every year, every year, every year. And let's just face it, the receivers have to improve on their yards after catch. And somehow, some way, Kentucky's going to have to develop that deep ball. It didn't happen this year. And and, and I think uh, getting a new coach in there is good. And we'll see how he does. Jack, your thoughts on it? Uh, one of the things that really kind of caught my attention when news initially broke was I uh, kind of read some of the Arkansas message boards and some of the – fan analyst Twitter accounts and every single one of them um, even earlier I, I checked back um, when the Brett Belima news came out they said whatever you got to do you got to lock up Michael Smith make sure that he stays on staff because he's he is incredibly vital for the, our future success so whenever I read that stuff the fact that they knew they were going to be cleaning house and and doing the fact that he was one of the main pieces of that that coaching staff yeah. that they that they they knew they wanted to keep that that struck a chord with me. I was like, okay, well, so so yeah. And Smith at Arkansas developed a couple hundred reception receivers and a couple one thousand yard receivers. I believe he had three of them on the same roster. And Arkansas does, did not; those were not four or five star recruits. That is player development. development. I think yep. it, it, I think I like this staff. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we hope that you continue to listen. Yeah, I'd like for you to keep and listening. I, I'd like it'd for be, you also to listen uh, uh, from eight to ten on ninety six point one in Louisville. Oh. Uh, to to my our, our, our producer show. Oh, thanks, Freddie. Yeah, Nick, tell a us a little bit about it. Um, well, we talk about sports. <laughs> no, it's been fun. Um, How are you it's, liking uh, me with TJ Walker. We yeah. uh, get the morning started right. In my first month, we raised thirty five hundred dollars to send our producer to Super Bowl. That's great. Which is kind of wild that like I mean I'm just walking in the show, but we're like, hey, send this guy to Super Bowl. But Trevor's a lifelong Eagles fan, um, and like he's like one of those he lives and breathes it and. Never thought that he could have an opportunity like that and have his dream come true and beat Jack's Patriots down. It was awesome to as, see. As a diehard Patriots fan, scrolling through my Twitter feed and seeing Trevor so happy and and just living living the dream, <laughs> it I got to admit it took away some of the pain. I, I, I definitely have to admit that. Yeah, it, that he, was awesome. He was singing the song and just like hugging people. He that, got there like two hours early and stayed for like three hours after the game. They had to like kick him out of there. Yeah. Was, I love how he would just post video. He would just take videos of himself singing with the fans in the stadium and would just post it. Didn't care. Yeah. Didn't have a care in the world. Just He was just living it up. You know what? Uh, how, uh, Good speak, on him. Speaking of posts, how about my uh, new new use of uh, GIFs? Oh, GIFs. It's hard G. It's actually, you're saying it the right way, but I always say it the other how way. How about that? Pretty fancy, you're, huh? No, you're getting up with the times, Moving aren't on you? up. Hey, Ready? One other fun thing in my show, too. I, I like to do impressions on them. So, like, the other day I debuted a Stallone. It was real bad. <laughs> it was real bad. Have you done your Aussie one yet? Um, no, not, Australian. I, uh, maybe just a little bit, but it started sounding English, so I had to stop. My, I did a pretty sweet Vital because yeah. it's pretty easy, but sometimes like I'll accidentally slip into Vital for no reason. Um, so yeah, just, just listen to those two. How do you, how do you listen, man? Uh, it's um, 
there's like a hundred thousand ways there. It's pinned to the top of my Twitter page at Roush KSR, but uh, ninety six point one FM. Yeah. Uh, there's a website BigExportsRadio.com. Uh, there's a phone number you can call in, and you just hear it like on your speakerphone. So there's a ton of ways. I appreciate you all doing what you can to listen and calling in, texting in, doing all that stuff. It's a fun way to start your day. And uh, Nick's Australian accent is a, is a touch of Australian, a little bit of British. It's perfect with a pinch of Breathitt County. Oh. You know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's really strange. Of everything. Jack's been on the show a couple times, Twice. too. We're gonna have have to you been on the show yet, Freddie? Hmm. How's it feel? Yeah. We're Jealousy? Gonna, I guess I guess. Jack's and I even tried time. to invite myself the other day. Huh. I was like, Nick, I'm in Louisville. Hello? Because <laughs> I was in Louisville. Well, mm. technically, the show, the station's in southern Indiana. So well, I want to thank you, you for not inviting me because I got to sit at Nord's Bakery and wear Dude, out four of I'm those t- long johns t- with I'm bacon on it. You. Oh, my those... God. Did you know the owner of that, Mike Nord, was my right tackle? Really? Yep. So, not only did he keep you from getting hit, but he also fattened you up. And a good friend. The Nord family has been nothing but great to me for many, many years. Uh that's an awesome family but mike mike it was a friend is a friend i got to talk to him and and i got finally got to eat there i ate at the the brown bag before Uh when they had that now i went to nord's bakery and and i loved it but you know what we're here for a year baby one year let's do this one more bear i mean year jack came forward uh said yes we we love our partnership we're going forward thank them on twitter thank them on person Go to Jack Kane Ford and buy your new or used car. Or maybe just get your car service there. They've been there over 55 years. Jack Kane Ford has been in business for over 55 years and provides a no-pressure sales service. How do I know that? Because we bought our Explorer at Jack Kane Ford. So I'm also a customer. 12-time Ford President's Award winner. Uh, offers a three-day money-back guarantee. Uh, it provides the customers with award-winning service and free loaners, and I can vouch for that too because I've had both service and they've given me a loaner. Jack came for what I like, donates over $100,000 a year to charity. This is a lot of money. And I can and I can attest for that because I've seen them uh, reach out and, and do a lot of charitable work. Uh, I'm judging a chili contest there on February the 12th, so – I will not take any bri- any bribes from anybody. Because, Drew Franklin, uh, we know you're listening. Yeah, don't yeah. try. Yeah. So Jack came forward is off versus Versailles Road, five minutes from New Circle Road in Lexington. Stop and see us. Jack came forward on on the internet at Kane Ford Inc on Twitter. We cannot thank Jack came forward enough for for sponsoring this podcast. They're the real MVP. Because if it weren't for them, we we wouldn't be here. No. We would not have been able to sum up the. Uh, Signing day class, we would not have been able to talk to Coach McKee, and you would not hear this podcast. So thank you so very much for listening to us. Thank you for – and you can subscribe to this podcast now because Maria told me you could. Yeah, we got I, a whole absolutely. a brand-new depth chart podcast feed. It's still going to be on the same old feed. I mean, if you're listening to it right now, you probably know. But subscribe to the new feed because in all of those feeds, because we've got them for each podcast now – all of the podcasts go up there first. Sometimes it's an hour or two earlier, too. So. Yeah, so subscribe. How do you subscribe? You I hit, did it. You I, hit the subscribe button on I iTunes. did that. Yeah. I did that. And it'll so, be there before you find it anywhere else. You'll yeah, get- subscribe to, uh, to, to to us, however you do that. We thank Jack came for. We thank you. 
We hope you have a great uh, rest of the winter. Happy Valentine's Day. We'll catch back up uh, right, right when spring practice is starting. It's right around the corner, yeah. shockingly. It's yeah. only like a month away. So we'll, 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 we'll catch back up. We'll have another one of these starting in spring practice. We'll go throughout spring practice. Yeah, it'll get hot Take a little time off, and then we'll hit it up in media days and then Sweet. kick them back up again, Do it boys. Do it. Yes. Woo. Thank you. See you.